finding things that do fill me up has helped me to like think differently about my job. It's like I can go, I get to do this job and I get to have it be flexible and I like I got to move here and still have that. It's just helped me to see that it doesn't have to be, you know, that whole saying of do what you love and you'll never work. Like that's just not the reality for some people. <laughs> and that's okay. Hey mama, what do you think of when you hear the word success? Fame, status, and fortune? What about rocking your baby to sleep or coaching Little League? Advocating for your special needs child or mastering meal planning? Maybe going back to school or starting your own business? The truth is success looks different for us all, and it may change depending on the season of life you're in. After finding myself in a dark place, I decided to set an example for my two boys by intentionally choosing what I wanted for my life and seeking it, even if it was scary. And now I'm so excited to bring you stories of other moms who are living out their version of success. I plan to ask these incredible women not only about their journeys, but how they are making it through the madness and the magic that we all know as motherhood. So whether your assistant just brought you a hot espresso or you're rocking your baby on a third cup of reheated coffee, settle in and get ready for some goodness. I'm Shannon Carruthers, and this is the Successful Mama Podcast. Well, hey, Mama, welcome to this week's episode of the Successful Mama podcast. I am your host, Shannon Carruthers. I'm a habit and success coach for moms, and I help you create an intentional life you love, even in the chaos of motherhood. Now, we do that utilizing small habits, small changes that you can do throughout the craziness, throughout the unpredictability that is motherhood. So if you are interested in coaching, you can always head over to SuccessfulMamaPodcast.com where you look at all the information from the podcast. You can click on one of the links at the top to find out more information on how to get in touch with me and how to see if coaching is right for you. All right, let's talk about today's guest. Now, each week I have the privilege to bring you a new episode, a mama who is living out her version of what it means to be successful. And while I want each and every story to be a good one and one that's exciting and fun or something that's intriguing to you, I want you to remember that these stories are also chosen in order to be something that can connect with you where you are, that can hopefully inspire you, encourage you, and help you grow as a person. And I think that today's episode is no different, especially is going to fit that category because we're talking about hobbies and what it looks like to have hobbies outside of your kids. And if you are working outside the home and you have a career, maybe finding hobbies that are different from your line of work that you're in. So finding things that fill you, remembering that it's important to prioritize yourself and your needs and your care. I know it's so much easier said than done, but it is important and it is doable, even if it means doing it in very small doses. You know, I'm a big believer of that. Okay. So without further ado, I want you to meet our guest today, my friend, one of my coaching clients. Um, Her name is Tabitha Carnes. She is a, well, actually, you know what? Let me just let her tell you about herself. Let's get into the episode. Well, hello, Miss Tabitha. Welcome to the podcast. (laughs) So excited you're here. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. Why don't you get started and just tell our guests Uh, not our guests, our listeners, you're the guest. Why don't you tell our (laughs) listeners a little more about you? Okay. Well, my name is Tabitha Carnes. I am married to Joe. We've been married for 14 years as of August. And we have a five-year-old daughter, Kara, who's in kindergarten. We have a two and a half-year-old son, Rowan, and a one-year-old, Benji. He just turned one like a week or two ago. Um, third kid, who even knows? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So yeah, we uh, we both work full time uh, in the defense industry, doing very different things from each other. Not the same company, but um, it's a good time. And what else is I supposed to say? <laughs> that's it. That's that's perfect. That's a great intro. Um, so I wanted to get started. So I kind of, you know, I know we may go a little bit all over the place today, and I'm really excited about that fact. We're going to talk about, you know, hobbies and um, just all the different things. So I want to start with you with going back to kind of your your background and your story from, you know, who you are, where you used to be to where you are now. So um, have you always with with 
finding new hobbies, going out and doing new things. Have you always been like outgoing and looking to Mm. explore and try new stuff? No, ma'am. No. (laughs) (laughs) So growing up, I was super duper introverted, very, very introverted, Um, very like self-conscious, not very confident in myself, very much like I could just stay in my room for hours by myself and be like, totally fine. Yes. Um, My hobbies growing up were like, just things I could do on my own. Like I learned to crochet when I was like 12 or something like blankets, not like shapes or right. toys, just like rectangles. Yes. Um, <laughs> I could do a chain for days. Yeah. Baby. Basically just long I could just, chain. <laughs> yes. My grand taught me and I thought it was so cool that I could just keep going. Yep. Do it. I couldn't do a turn. I could just do the chain. Yeah. It was it. I, I learned the turn from my, one of my best friends, her like much older sister, her, like we were 13 and her sister was like 30. Anyway. So she taught us how to crochet in like Bible study in sixth grade. Yes. Um, but yes, like crochet, reading, um, like crossword puzzles. I was like basically a granny at age 13. So I love that. I can right? relate to that yeah. so much yeah. <laughs> because I, I feel like a granny most days. I remember, mm-hmm. in fact, in high school, my best friend and I, we would always um, we would joke to each other about how old we were because we all of our friends would be out like going to do things and yeah. we would be home on a Saturday night watching like reruns yep. on you know nick at night yeah and nobody needs to go out yeah i like 8 30 makeup on yeah no, who needs that? so i can definitely relate and even more so now i yeah. you know, feel like a grandma yeah so yeah i was very introverted and you know kept to myself yeah so hobbies like i said were just kind of things i could do on my own yeah. not a lot of like social things i was not sporty i was in band and choir and like that was my social so life you were pretty introverted <laughs> at yes. that point what about now are you do you still consider yourself introverted Yes, I'm still an introvert, but I call myself an outgoing introvert. Okay. So like I can socialize, I can hang. I just don't, I get drained by socializing, especially like big groups yeah. um, and not like bad drain, just like I need to go refuel on my own, like have right solo time, reading, taking a bath, whatever. You yes, know. I get that for sure. And so let me ask you this with just from your perspective of an outgoing introvert um because i consider myself to be an introverted extrovert which is you know the opposite (laughs) of that but i do love to be solo but i also love to go out but Mm -hmm. um do you enjoy the going out part like is that something that you miss if you're not getting to do that because i know a lot of the times introverts you know you crave that refueling time a time where you can have to yourself Mm -hmm. to you know re-energize but a lot of introverts don't necessarily miss that outgoing part and I know you said you, you know, you are outgoing, but do you crave it? Do you? I think I do. Yeah, for sure. Like if I go too long without any kind of like social interaction outside of my house, I get a little bit like, am I sane though? <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, I feel like I definitely need human interaction and and time with, you know, girlfriends and stuff like that. Um, so yeah, I definitely do miss it. It's funny because like pre meeting my husband, I would have been like, I don't, I could go a week without talking to a single soul and be like, totally fine. Now, if I did that, I would be like, I cannot human. Like, I can't talk to people. Yes. <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> yes, for sure. So, well, talk to me a little bit more about your husband, about, you know, meeting him, his role in that, and and tell yeah. our listeners a little more. Okay. So, our the story of how we met is a whole thing. So, I won't go into too many details there, but I'll just say we met in a hospital room visiting the same person. Okay. Funny story. Romance. Uh, well, yeah. You can tell it. Okay. Yeah. So, it was my uncle. He okay. had kidney problems, and so he... He had had a kidney transplant and was in the hospital in Santa Barbara. Um, And my mom and I drove up at the same time and, like, we just happened to visit at the same time in the hospital. And I'm like, who's this random dude visiting my uncle? And then uh, we talked for, like, 10 minutes. It wasn't, like, stars flying or anything like that, sparks or whatever. Um, I was just kind of like, okay, he's a dude, whatever. Well, he was like, I like this girl. So he reached out to my cousin and was like, can you put in a good word for me? And so anyway, there's a whole like there's so much more to that story where it was like, I'm not really interested. And he super was. And then like 15 months later, we were married. So <laughs> I love it. So did he he kind of then um, brought you out of your shell, out of that introverted version of yourself? Mm-hmm. Yeah, very quickly, I think. Well, it might he might say it took a few years, but, you know, he saw in me qualities that I didn't really see. I was very like, you know, not very confident in myself. I think I said that. Um, And he was like, you're amazing. Like, you know, you're great. You're spunky. You're fun. You're quirky. Um, People need to know this about you. And so he just kind of like would drag me out to like happy hours. And, you know, we we were working together at the time when I moved to Santa Barbara. Um, And so he just like would introduce me to like every person on the planet. And I like had to like really learn how to (laughs) 
be social when I was like, I just want to like curl up in my little turtle shell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but pretty quickly I started to like become more confident in who I was because people like were receptive of it, you know? I mean, for the most part, there's always the person who just doesn't get you and that's fine. Right. And so now I'm like much more confident where it's like, if someone doesn't like me, that's fine. Um, and not like in a bad way. It's just like, I'm not for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so do you think that that um, took a learning like that was a learning curve for, for you. Sure. You had to to process things and kind of take them in and, yeah. and adjust. Yeah, I think I pushed back a lot of the time in the beginning because he was like setting me up on friend dates, you know, like, oh, this girl that works in this department, like you should go like he literally like set me up on some dates like with women <laughs> where it was like you two are going to go to Elephant Bar at this time on Thursday night. And it was like really awkward for all of us. But then like most of the time I ended up becoming friends with those girls a little more naturally but it was like he kind of broke the ice with right the weirdness <laughs> yeah because that sounds so uncomfortable yeah. especially for an introvert who yeah. doesn't you know it's one thing if you love going to talk and all of that yeah. but and I think of this from a mom perspective too of like you know when you've been at home with the kids for too yeah. long and you don't remember how to adult anymore yeah. and like going out and trying to have that conversation with yeah. your friends and you know, either oversharing mm -hmm. or not. I don't know. Anyway, I'm yeah. thinking of, of how. Yeah, I feel you. I'm in, I'm a chronic oversharer. So same, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> same girl. Same for sure. I was telling um, a friend the other day and I just started like, blah, 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 just talking and talking. And I was like, OK, just overshared. Great. Yep. So glad you're here. Are you know, still cool. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Hope you don't think I'm a crazy person. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um Anyway, so let's get into, as we're talking about moms, let's get into kiddos. Yeah. Tell me about those sweet babies of yours, um, how they came into the picture. How was adjusting yeah. to motherhood for you? It was, I was so ready and excited by the time we finally were able to have kids. So I like, I worked in childcare multiple different ways, you know, babysitting, nannying. I worked at it like preschool for a while. Anyway, so I was like very experienced with children. And so I always knew like, when we have kids, I'm so ready. I'm going to be like, on it super on fire but my husband who's much more logical than me was like okay yes we want kids but like let's wait until you know we've paid off school loans and we like are not living in a one bedroom one bathroom condo that's what we were like living in that so we did not have kids until we were married for almost eight or nine years nine nine years well almost nine years because she was born in april so yeah when it was finally time we had moved into a house and you know i paid off my school loans he didn't ha have any school loans which is like a whole miracle in itself but yeah once we were ready to start trying it was like pretty quickly it happened so we like very thankfully didn't have to deal with um infertility or loss or anything like that i'm so so thankful for that um so yeah we got pregnant with kara and i don't even know where i was going with that thought She's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> she is. <laughs> so, and that was, that went smoothly. You, mm. no. Mm. Pregnancy, all my pregnancies were pretty easy. So okay. I'm very thankful for that, that like I had pretty happy, comfortable, like I did not puke during pregnancy. That's good. There were times when I maybe wanted to, but <laughs> I just didn't. Um, and so the pregnancies were great. The births in their own way were all like different and hard. Um, so with her, I'll keep it like short, but for Kara, I labored for 10 or 11 hours unmedicated. And like was screaming bloody murder the whole Ooh, time, the nice. whole actual time. Um, <laughs> and then I was pushing and the doctor was like, this is not, she's not coming down. Her heart rate's dropping. So I ended up in an emergency C-section, oh, which was really hard. Yeah. Um, I just felt like, well, I'm made for this. So it's going to be easy, right? And my mom always acted like it was easy. It was no problem. Right. <sighs> I mean, I'm sure she didn't actually say that, but that was the That was what you felt. Impression. Yeah. yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, you just like, no problem. Um, so anyway, yeah, she was a C-section and then I really, when I got pregnant with Rowan, really wanted to go for a VBAC. Um, and so again, long story short, I did, but not without some <laughs> trauma afterwards. So I was able to, I got an epidural with him, which I was like hoping not to, but open to it. And so by the time I decided I need it in the hospital, they were like, yes, this is a good time. And I'm so glad I did. Cause I think that helped me get to the finish line. Um, but I pushed on my back and had some, just some, you know, stuff after that, that wasn't great. Um, so then I got pregnant very unexpectedly with number three, when Rowan was 10 months old, the, the first sign I had that I was pregnant was that my milk just like dried up overnight. Nice. I was like, where'd my milk go? What's happening? Like I was, I was a good like producer and just gone. Um, so yeah, that was not expected. We love our third baby. He's a big old surprise. 
Um, anyway, so that time I was like, I want a doula. This is the magic ticket. This is how I'm going to have a birth that is super amazing and joyful and like no terrible, you know, year long recovery or any of that. Um, and I will say I had the most amazing birth experience having a doula. I'm so thankful that I did, but there's still been some fallout from that, you know, I mean, not from the doula, but birth is hard no matter what way you do it it's hard and recovering from it is hard and bodies are weird and um yeah yeah (laughs) I think we don't we don't give ourselves enough credit for that like the fact that it takes so much time to heal we you know we see this image on social media and just on tv and all of that like you should just bounce back from having your baby and everything should be good you only need one checkup after six weeks it's It's like yeah it's totally fine (laughs) no there's so much more so anyway Yeah. yeah i can i can definitely relate to that it's hard yeah so from there i did want to talk about um with your hobbies and stuff i know that during the time frame when you were pregnant with your first you were doing some line dancing yes tell me a little about that so I'll backtrack a little bit. In college, my friend Erin dragged me out to a like country bar as soon as I turned 21. She's like, we're going to go line dancing. And I was like, not coordinated, not dance. Like, I can march in a line. That's why I did band and not like sports or dance or gymnastics, anything. Um, so she drags me out to a bar. And I'm like, the only reason I was willing to go was because I was excited to drink vodka cranberries, <laughs> which I will never drink again. But <laughs> anyway, um, So yeah, I got into line dancing pretty like very quickly after the first time I was like, oh, I love this. Like I didn't know I could like to dance or do it. Um, So yeah, that was like 2006. So then fast forward Santa Barbara, there's a little country Western restaurant there that had line dancing every week. And so I went there as soon as I found out it existed and just loved it. And so then in 2014, I was there one night and the DJ's like, all right, everybody clear the dance floor. We have a special performance. And um, they bring out this group of like 10 girls and they just start like doing line dance, but like performance routines. So not just you see people dancing in a straight line. It was formations and like kicks and all these different things. And turns out that there's this competitive line dance world and there's a group in Santa Barbara that's doing it. And uh, after they performed, everyone's cheering and the DJ goes, all right, now they have an opening on their team. So if you're interested, go talk to this lady. And I just had had one beer enough and was like, let's go. <laughs> and <laughs> my little like in- inside extrovert was like, I'm down for this. So yeah, I uh, was on that team from 2014 to 2020. And having that experience was one of the best things ever because A, it was a great hobby because I'm moving my body. I'm socializing with other girls. We like traveled a lot to, you know, compete and things like that. We won some, you know, first place and stuff like that. So yeah, I was dancing my whole pregnancy. And then there's a video of me somewhere where after I had Kara, I was baby wearing her at this place I used to always line dance at and line dancing with her strapped on. And everyone's like, how is she like sleeping through that? I'm like, because she slept through it for nine months in my belly. Yeah. <laughs> um, and just for listeners, I'm just going to give you the background. So Tabitha, at when she had little Kara, was doing line dancing while baby wearing yeah. um, as a as a business model, you know, sh- having people come in and do line dancing with her and bring in their babies. Yeah. So is that what led to it was people going, Oh, I didn't know you could do that. Or is that something that's common elsewhere? It's I think I had seen some random video. Of, there's a company called Grooveroo. I was not I didn't do that. Um, just because I like looked it up. And it was like, you had to pay all this money to like, become trained as one of their instructors. And I'm like, well, I already know how to line dance. So I can just do this. Right. Um, But yeah, I had seen a video of like people wearing their babies and dancing. And I'm like, that looks like fun. Why can't I do that? Um, And I had a connection of someone who um, was a manager at a gym. And she's like, I can get you into one of the like, you know, classroom studios where they would they would do like boot camps, and we can just like do it there. So I did like, a few of those there. And it was really fun. I had I think one week I had like 30 people there with their babies. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That is so much fun. Super fun. Yeah. And that gives you like an outlet mm-hmm. that is not just, I don't know, go and walk with your babies around the park or yeah. go and, you know, sit and pretend to have a conversation while your kids are screaming and you yeah. can't actually talk about anything. Whereas if you are wearing your baby, they yeah. are generally content, mm-hmm. um, often sleeping. Oh, I miss baby wearing so I much. Know, right? <laughs> my boys are so big now. And like, I still, so my youngest, I may have told this on the podcast before, but my youngest is, um, he's six, but he's small for six. He's always 
been a little one and he'll still randomly ask me can you can you wear me in the baby carrier I'm like um you are really pushing it but I'm gonna (laughs) say yes every time I can because he's still technically under the weight he's way too tall so he's like leaning back it's not the most comfortable thing but like I said I'm holding on to it as long as I can I miss that little snuggly Mm -hmm. you know feeling of them on anyway yeah (laughs) yeah I can can talk about that all day so um so as far as you know line dancing that has obviously progressed you've continued that through the years and now you have your own line dancing thing that has kind of turned into something here local why don't you talk a little bit about that okay Yeah, so uh, we moved here in 2020 for jobs. As soon as I recovered from giving birth to Rowan, I was like, I want to see if I can do some more baby wearing line dance. I mean, ideally, I wanted to just teach line dance to like anybody who would come. But since he was still so little, I was like, the only way I'm going to get to do this for starters is to like have my baby with me. And so I just kind of like researched a couple places and reached out and was able to find like a little ballroom I could rent. And I literally didn't know anybody in town. I had like two friends sort of at this point because it was, you know, May or June of 2021. Yeah. So we had been here way less than a year. Um, but I somehow managed to get at least like 15 people to say they were interested. And I think my first class I had probably 12, maybe even more than that, um, show up, which was just super fun. Um, so that as much as I wish it had taken off, I didn't have enough connections. And I also didn't know anything about um, how much the South does sports. <laughs> so I was like scheduling stuff at the exact wrong times. Everyone's like, we have football. We're not coming. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. And and if you're not from here, I mean, everybody knows about Alabama football yeah. pretty much. But if you're not from here, um, it, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a thing. It is a like thing. once you move here, you're kind of forced to decide, are you for Alabama? Or are you for Auburn? Yep. What's your, you know, I'm told I just have to keep saying roll tide. Yes. So that's, that's what I say. That's a good answer. I mean, I, you're, you're not going to go wrong with yeah. that one. Sorry, all you Auburn fans. Um, but anyway, yeah, it's serious business. And so people, I mean, people plan weddings around mm-hmm. football games. People plan like, yeah. And, and other places, and right. Other places don't understand that, but it is for real here. So, yeah. um, so you adjusted to that. Yeah. So that, so that one didn't last very long. And I was a little bit discouraged. I was actually really discouraged by, um, you know, just not being able to get it off the ground but I also wasn't like super surprised because again I was like super new in town I was still like trying to adjust to life here and working and everything um and so I just kind of was like I'm I because I had to pay to rent the space I was in I was like not even breaking even I was losing money right so I'm like you know I can't keep doing this um so that kind of fizzled out for a while I went and had another baby (laughs) and then uh I don't think I ever did any baby wearing with um after having Benji but once I recovered from that I um, I think I had reached out to somebody like while I was pregnant with Benji, maybe. I can't remember. Um, I reached out to a couple places. Maybe it was before I got pregnant with the third. I think that's what it was. I was like, okay, I've, I'm like recovered from Rowan and, you know, feeling like a human again. And so I had started looking and like reaching out and then I got pregnant and I was like, well, now I have to wait. <laughs> so, yeah. So then sort of out of the blue, somebody from the stove house reached out to me. I think they must have been responding, but like months after I had reached out to them and they're like, do you want to do line dance still? And I was like, yes. So that kind of helped me snowball, like get some more growth and momentum again. I like, you know, got my Instagram, super dusty Instagram account that I made four years ago, you know, a little more active and just started trying to like think, could I build this? Like I've always dreamed of having my line dance thing be like a thing, like, you know, sustaining something that can actually contribute to our household in some way. Um, I I don't know that it would ever be able to replace my current job because that just doesn't seem realistic, but it could. Um, So anyway, yeah, it's growing now and um, I have a really amazing coach. So, (laughs) oh, I might know her. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it's been I'm I'm really enjoying where it's going and I'm feeling confident for the most part about um, just continuing to get the word out. And I have, you know, I've got like almost 100 people subscribing to a newsletter that I just like started last month and that was a crazy amazing thing because like one person at stove house one day was like hey you should do a newsletter because like i'm not really on social media and i was like oh i'll make a note and then i put like sign up sheets one week that said you know if you want to be on my newsletter that i haven't made yet let me know and like 50 people wrote their names on there and i was like 
Okay, I guess I should do this. <laughs> yes, yeah, so newsletters yeah. are good. Yeah. And I will say, um, as you know, a little, I've been giving a little push here and there. No, Tabitha has been great. I've loved getting to have the opportunity to work with you and see your growth mm-hmm. along all of this. Um, but she is, she's being very modest. I will just <laughs> say she's very good. Um, and her newsletter, I have read them. They've been so good so far. So if you want, you know, we'll, we'll plug that here in a few minutes. Thanks. But anyway, so I, I want to talk a little bit more, you know, online dancing on some of your other hobbies and, um, as well as your job. So before we get into those, let's, let's go backtrack to your job. Mm-hmm. Um, talk about that. Cause you got that when you were with Kara. Yeah. So, Kara? so I was already working in this industry, um, the defense industry in like, well, from when I met Joe almost. So like we met in May, I moved to the area, like from Los Angeles in August or July or August of that same year to, and I like got a job at his same company. Um, and so I was there up until I was pregnant with Kara and then my job was getting really stressful. The particular place that I was working at was just like kind of toxic, kind of cray cray. Um, just it was overwhelming me. And I was like, I cannot come back to this job. I wasn't even looking for a new job, but I was thinking in the back of my mind, like, as I'm, you know, preparing to become a mother, I'm like, this is not going to be sustainable because it was super hard. Like I just, I would go to work every day and feel like I'm, I have like seven mounds of paperwork that I'm never going to catch up on. And, you know, just felt really (laughs) daunting about going back to that. And so, uh, again, I wasn't even thinking about a new job. I was just thinking about how hard it would be to come back to this one. And then this lady that I had worked with um, who had retired recently calls me one day and goes, hey, I don't know how you're doing over there at your job, but um, I have a contact at a different place in town that's like a smaller employee-owned company. They have a really great culture. They pay really well. They have crazy good benefits. Um, They have an opening and you should apply. And I've already told the lady that you're amazing. And I was like, okay, sure. does she care that I'm pregnant? And she's like, she better not. Cause like you legally can't care about that. Right. Or something anyway. Um, so yeah, I, I, uh, <laughs> I interviewed, um, I think I was three months pregnant when I interviewed and like, was very honest. I was like, I'm having a baby. Um, but they hired me and it's been, so I've been there almost six years now and very thankful the crazy thing is that um, the company is mainly based in California, and we have like a, an East Coast location and a Colorado location. And then in February of 2020, we opened a Huntsville, Alabama location. This is way before Joe and I were even thinking about ever leaving California. Then the pandemic happens, and everyone's working from home. Anyway, so around like July of 2020, my husband was like, "My job is like really going poorly." Like he wasn't doing anything wrong; it was just like a bad, bad situation for him. Um, and so he started looking like anywhere like we were we were hoping to stay in california but then like everything was just really crazy especially in santa barbara like things are super expensive and like we were living in this teeny tiny house that in alabama would cost you know five dollars um but in (laughs) In santa barbara costs like a million Uh yeah um (laughs) anyway so we were like what if we left the state so he starts applying all over the place and he finds a job in huntsville and i'm like hmm we just opened a, an office in Huntsville. It's very small. It's like, you know, at the time it was three people, I think. Um, so there was no need for someone in my role at that time to move out here. But I told my boss, I was like, we might be moving out of state. Um, if we land in Huntsville, can I keep my job? And she was like, 100%. We are not losing you. So that made me feel good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got to keep my job moving here. I don't remember where we're going with that, except that's how we got to Huntsville. <laughs> yeah. What were we talking about? <laughs> So full disclosure, we had a little break there because I was coughing and could not stop. And Tabitha, you did a great job of just, you know, continuing (laughs) on that. I have Um, those all the time. But yes, but I don't remember where we were going with it either. (laughs) Let's do this. Let's just shift gears a little bit. Mm -hmm. And this may have been the question I asked before, may not have. But tell me about your job as far as, you know, people say, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Um, You should do what fills you and that should be your career. Can you talk a little bit to that? Yeah. So I have heard that enough times to feel like, okay, that's what I should be doing. Um, However, the industry I'm in is not something I'm terribly passionate about. Um, Not to say that I don't think there's value in it. I think there absolutely is. And the work that I'm doing is contributing to very good things, um, important things. And so 
if I remind myself of that on the hard days, I'm like, okay, this is good. It's fulfilling in its own way. Honestly, one of the best things about my current job is, like I was saying before, the benefits, the pay, the like culture where they're very open to like flexibility for family stuff. And, you know, one day I called my boss and said, you know, I said something about like, my daughter wants me to come to her class for some silly thing happening this afternoon, but like I have so much work to do. And she's like, um, go do that. She literally one day she said, um, because I, you know, asked to go do something with my daughter. And she said, I wish I had done more of that than working when my kids were little. And I'm like sobbing. <laughs> okay, thank you. So yeah, That's very amazing. Thankful. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, yeah. But so the work itself is like, I get to do some creative things. I, I have a degree in English and I love writing and editing. Um, and so my boss knows that and she actually like uses that as much as she can, where it's like, I could just be doing like kind of paperwork, nothing that's very, you know, challenging for the brain other than like a deadline or something. Um, but she gives me a lot of opportunities to, you know, develop documents or edit them or make things nicer looking um, in terms of words. Um, and so that is a way that it's fulfilling, but it's it's still just not something that like fires me up in a big way. I don't wake up going like, I can't wait to get to work today. Um, and so I realized like there was a point in time where I was like, I can't, I'm not passionate about this. So I need to like find something else to do and look for another career, which my husband was like, no, no, like you got to stay there because you have like the good benefits and the, you know, we need that. Um, and so I think I started to feel like stuck or trapped or like, oh my gosh, I'm never going to like my job. I'm just going to be here forever because it's, you know, for the money and uh, was able to have a mindset shift, especially like thinking, well, how can I be fulfilled if I have to keep going to this job? That's like, you know good but not filling me I don't know if that makes sense um and so then it was thinking like okay well what do I love to do I love line dancing I love you know I recently got into watercolor painting and now I'm like super obsessed um yeah just finding things that do fill me up has helped me to like think differently about my job it's like I can I get to do this job and I get to have it be flexible and I like I got to move here and still have that even though I'm like oh I'm like technically working remotely even though I'm in an office um and so it's just helped me to see that it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be you know that whole saying of do what you love and you'll never work like that's just not the reality for some people (laughs) and that's okay (laughs) well and I think it also when you, my husband brought this, you know, brought this up, we've had a conversation on this about the fact that when you lean into your hobby and it becomes your work, oftentimes that can take away yeah. from the joy that you're getting in that mm-hmm. because it becomes a job. Yeah. And then you you're know, like, then, I got to make the money. I got to do the sales. I got right. Yeah. And there's stress around it. And there's, you know, it, you don't just get to do the fun parts. You know, I've yeah. got um, my friend Erica at Noella. She was on the podcast mm-hmm. and we've talked about before, like people come in, they're like, oh, you get to play with flowers all day. Well, I do, but not really. There's yeah. a whole lot more to it behind yeah. that. And, mm-hmm. you know, she never expressed this. I, I just was thinking about the fact that there's so much more to a business. And so when you bring all of that in with the thing that you're loving, mm-hmm. It, it kind of, you know, can make the water a little murky sometimes. Yeah. So I love that you're keeping that separate. You're finding value in your job. And you talked about a mindset shift, which is often really important. I know that this last week or so, I've really been thinking a lot more about the story you tell yourself, mm-hmm. the way that your words affect you. And especially like in a bad mood or a bad place yep. or things like that. Oftentimes, it's not really that bad. It's just you know, you're ruminating on the negative, you're telling yourself something that's not necessarily the full truth. So having a shift around that and going, okay, what are the good things about my job? What are the things I actually get to enjoy from it? And then also supplementing that with the things that fill you with the things that bring you joy. Mm -hmm. So um, so you talked about watercolor painting. You also talked about, of course, line dancing, which we've talked on already. Anything else? Any other hobbies? I kind of... I'm one of these hobby hopping type people uh, where I, I've given myself the freedom. Again, another mindset shift where it used to be like, oh, I feel so bad that I you know, got into making bead jewelry and spent so much money on so many products and tools and beads and did a lot with it for a while. And then it was just like gathering dust for years. Um, I mean, I still feel a little bit of like, hmm, I've spent a lot of money on a lot of different things. Um, but 
I feel now that I'm like just learning more about myself and the way I operate, it's like, it's okay. Like I'm interested in a lot of things and I'm creative. And so I like to explore and pick things up. And I just have to think like, how much do I want to invest in this? Like literally with money for like, how long do I think I'm going to stick with it? You know, so I'll kind of like dabble in things here and there um, and try to be mindful of not like overdoing it. Um, But yeah, so I uh, have in the past been into blogging. Um, I even was like vlogging for a while. Okay. I will never let those videos see the light of day. (laughs) (laughs) Come on. Did that. Let's take a look at those. (laughs) Um, And then, yeah, making bead jewelry. I've crocheted. I never learned how to knit. Um, I've done, I did one calligraphy class and bought like the supplies there. Like I did it locally and I loved it. And then I haven't touched it since then. But it was very like therapeutic and like calming to just like practice writing. It's like slow, beautiful oh, yeah. things. Yeah, it's I need really to do fun. more of that. Um, and I, I may have done a little digging as I tend to do. <laughs> yeah. And I found something back in Santa Barbara oh. that was very high up, where you jumped off a platform. <gasps> yes, I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that! If I had not moved from Santa Barbara, I'm pretty sure I would be like an expert trapeze artist right now. Yes. Yeah, that so that so was fun. funny. There's a funny story to that. Right before January of 2020, my Christmas gift to my husband was a year of dates. And so I like meticulously planned out one date a month for the whole year of 2020 that was going to be like a different thing we would do. Ooh. And I made these little cards and it was like you get to choose the activity, I get to choose the dinner or vice versa. And I like, I mean, I booked us like a comedy show to go to. And so I found this trapeze class and I was like, I tried to like push both of us outside our comfort zones a little bit. And so the first trapeze class we did together and he was like, please never make me do that again. And I was like, okay, but can I go do it again? (laughs) So yeah, so that was really fun. Sadly, March happened, the pandemic happened and like all of our dates went out the window because they were all like out. Out. And I tried to pivot for like a few months and do like home dates. And it was like just sad. Oh, man. <laughs> so I need to, I should but do that. Great, I should like revive that yes, for next year. That's a great date idea. Yeah. Like a good, good Christmas gift. Yeah. Mamas, all you listening out there. I mean, it takes some effort. Yeah, it took um, some planning and prep and like overthinking. And, you know, oh. I overthought ev- like down to like what kind of envelopes do I use for these little so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's, yeah. you know, you're trying to make it a perfect little gift, yeah, which yeah. is special. Mm-hmm. So all you mamas out there, if you need to overthink something, that's a great gift idea. Yeah. I really do love that. So yeah. good. So um, so you did the trapeze class, which looked like so much it fun. Was. Yeah. And so I did a few of them. And then we moved here and I was like, oh, I wonder if there's anything like that here. But the crazy thing is like, I am not, again, not an athlete. Okay. Like line dancing is the limit of my, you know, moving my body a bit. Like, you know, I always tell people like, um, I can't do like salsa dancing. I don't know how to shimmy. So like I can move my legs and I can count to eight. Like we're good. Um, Anyway. So yeah, the trapeze, I would say if you're interested in something like that, like I wanted to go skydiving and then I had a baby and was like, I don't really want to die. So like a trapeze has a net underneath it. <laughs> At least you're so, safe there with yeah. your net. And like your... I can fly without flying. There you go. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I am curious to know as far as your, um, your extracurriculars, your hobbies, things like that, what would you say to a mom uh, who is, who feels like she doesn't, have time for something like that she doesn't have the space for something like that in her life Mm -hmm. Um, could you talk a little bit as far as you know advice to her and also how how has it filled you yeah yeah totally um yeah I will say I feel like before mm, I was gonna say before having my daughter I didn't know if I had like any hobbies no that's not true I guess I did I was going to say, I know some people, and I'm sure you do too, who like would say after you have kids, it's like, I don't even know what is fun to me. Like, what is fun? What? What is it? Um, so thankfully, I have always found at least something that is fun for me. But um, yeah, I think I'm trying to remember your exact question. They're <laughs> <laughs> fun. What is... What advice would you give to a mom who feels like she doesn't have time yeah, or yeah. can't do something like that because she doesn't deserve it or doesn't, yeah. you know, doesn't need that in her life? Sure. She's got too much going on. Yeah, I would say um, you do need it because if your whole life is, you know, being home with your babies all day or working and juggling, being, you know, having your kids in daycare and then, you know, just trying to like sustain your family and be with your kids and like it's good to be with your kids. I'm not saying you know, leave your kids alone for a long time. Um, But 
like you need an outlet or a, a something that helps you connect with who you are outside of being a mom. It's like, you know, being a mom is so fulfilling and so amazing and so fun. Like there's things I do with my kids that I would consider like hobbies. Like I paint with my daughter sometimes and, you know, I try to take them to the library and things like that. Um, but if I didn't have something that's like just mine, I would easily like lean into resentment and, you know, frustration and feeling like, you know, my husband's not doing enough or, you know, these kids are driving me crazy. And I mean, they still do, even though I do have all these things that I can do. Um, so I would say just try to make time, which doesn't sound very helpful. Um, I would say, you know, if there's something, you know, you might enjoy like painting, you know, just spend 10 minutes, like after the kids go to bed, playing around with like their, what, you know, their paintbrushes and their, you know, kid size, paints like just play around just like let your like set a timer for 10 minutes to do anything that like you're not producing for someone else or you know it's not productive in terms of oh I'm like washing something or you know putting laundry away like no just find something to read a book for 10 minutes you know um, I follow a lady on Instagram uh, Laura Tremaine do you know who she is Mm-mm. she has a podcast called 10 things to tell you which is really fun um But anyway, she talks about how she sets a 20-minute reading timer twice a day. And so she's, like, reading, you know, so many books just from having those two timers. And she's like, it's like anybody can find 20 minutes. I mean, I know that might feel not true. (laughs) Even 10. Sometimes I'm like, I just need to read for 10 minutes. So, like, yeah, just finding – it doesn't have to be a big extravagant activity or, you know, like, if you don't like going to the gym, don't go to the gym. Find a different way to move your body or – Right. Well, and that's one of the things that I was thinking, too, during all of this is, you know, you don't have to have a lot of money and feel like you have to spend money to go out to do a trapeze class or do something, you know, outside of your home. Maybe you don't have a support system where you don't have somebody who can keep your kids. And so finding something to do to entertain them, I would, you know, I would personally argue this is a great place for screen time to fill. Um you know, how, I don't know how you feel about screen time, but I think that it's, it can be used as a tool that's yep. very helpful. And if you're using that time very wisely, or sometimes not, you know, mm-hmm. um, there's no judgment. <laughs> um, but if you're using that time wisely to fill a need for yourself, you know, exploring the things mm-hmm. that you like, exploring painting or exploring, you know, maybe you want to line dance, but you don't have the ability to go out to a class. You can pop up YouTube yep. and throw on some, you know, boots if you got them. If not, whatever socks, shoes you yeah. got, socks, yeah, <laughs> and go to town in your kitchen. Like, yeah. it's fine. Um, so just reminding you that you don't have to go out. You don't have to leave the kids at home. Mm-hmm. You can make it work yeah. even in the hours of your day. Just yeah, during you know, nap fun, times. During like, nap yeah, that's time. true. So on the weekends, my kids mostly nap together, like for now. I know that won't last. But when they all nap together, my first inclination is like, I should, you know, insert chore, insert, you know, decluttering or whatever. And like, that is true. Sometimes I really do need to do those things. But sometimes I'm just like, while they're down, I'm going to paint for 30 minutes and just like, have peace and have fun and, yes. you know, explore and be creative. So that's another idea is, you know, try to use nap times, um, ask your spouse or partner for, you know, extra like, hey, can you take the kids for, you know, out to the park for half an hour so I can do something fun at right. home even or right. go for a walk or whatever. And and I also want to say this. You don't have to know what it is you like. Yep. You don't Mess have around. to. Right. Yeah. Like just try something. Mm-hmm. And if you don't like it, great. Check it off your list and go, okay, that's not the thing for me. Let me move on and try something different because, you know, we go, we all go through that transition in motherhood where we're trying to figure out who we are as Mm -hmm. a mom, you know, not just I'm this person, but I'm now this person who has these little people and who am I amidst all of this? And so oftentimes, like you said, we don't know what we like. We don't know what we want, what's fun to us. And so just reminding you that you can try something and it's okay if you don't like it. Yep. Just try something different. Yeah. Like, and it's, it's okay thing. if you like it for three months and then you're like, well, I'm bored with this yes, now. So <laughs> put exactly, it aside. <laughs> exactly. I try to like cycle back, at, you know, once in a while. Like, right. okay, I haven't looked at those beads for a while. So maybe I should make Do something. Do I like that again? Yeah. yeah let me try something. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Tabitha, this has been a lot of fun. I do want to give you an opportunity to tell people where they can find you. Yeah. Okay. So I have a lot of Instagram accounts, like so many, but I'll only share two. (laughs) 
Um, so I have my line dance Instagram, which is just line dance with Tabitha. No spaces or under. Well, obviously no spaces, no underscores. Um, and then like on Facebook, you can find me at line dance with Tabitha. And I have my newsletter, which is on Substack. So line dance with Tabitha And then for personal stuff, I have um, another Instagram called Thistle Rhythms. That's a whole other thing I could talk about. But um, it's basically just my more like public Instagram persona so that I can keep my kids a little bit more protected, which is not something I had done previously. So anyway, that's a whole other thing. But yeah, so thistle.rhythms on Instagram and then same um, without the dot on Substack. I have a sort of a blog there where I'm writing the occasional like poem or just random post. Um, I actually just wrote, wrote a poem the other day that included this the phrase about screen time like screen time is equal parts my nemesis and my helper <laughs> i love it so good um, and so true yeah so those are those are two of the main places you can find me on the internet yes <laughs> and i will link all of those if you're driving if you're you know carrying a kid around who's screaming or whatever is going on in your life right now you can always head over to successfulmamapodcast.com and i will link all of those there as well as have you know a little bit of this a little bit of that from the show today um, Tabitha, with that, I want to ask you, of course, the big question of the podcast. What does success mean to you? Okay. Mm. This is, it's so hard to like sum up because I have like lots of, as you may have heard over the course of however long we've been talking, lots of thoughts going in lots of directions. Um, I think to me, success is primarily, it's funny, I haven't even talked about this at all, but my primary measure of success would be like, demonstrating the love of Jesus to my kids and people, um, especially my, my kids, but people around me, because um, that's a huge part of my life, which makes me feel bad that I didn't talk about it until now. <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, so yeah, that's a key thing. And then also just, um, you know, having confidence in who I am, because God made me this way. And, you know, knowing, knowing my worth as a person and knowing like, there's, you know, there's things about me that people want and need to be around. And um, that's something that I really didn't learn until my husband like pressed me to be like, you're, you're actually pretty awesome. <laughs> like, oh, okay, thanks. Um, so yeah, knowing my worth and then living out of that and, you know, not letting fear or anxiety dictate my whole life. Um, that is a constant struggle, but what I'm working on <clears throat> and yeah, just doing, doing things for me when I can so that I'm not just pouring out all the time. <laughs> uh -huh. I love that. And I, I really love what you said about like knowing your worth and the fact that people need to know who you are and need to see, you know, what's inside of you because that's a gift that you can give other people. And I think yeah. a lot of the times we don't recognize that we may see that in someone else, but we don't see that in ourselves. Yeah. And so uh, I think it's really beautiful that Joe was able to to tell you those things and remind you of that. And so I'm going to be that person who kind of sounds cheesy and awkward, but I also am fully meaning it. If you are a mama that's listening, you are needed and you, your story is needed and somebody, you know, needs the gifts that you have to share. So yeah. I hope that you're willing to step out into that space and just get a little uncomfortable. Go say hi to the mom who's, you know, at at the park or go mm -hmm. say hi to the mom who's in your kid's preschool class and mm -hmm. see if they want to mops. Go, yeah. go to mops. Yeah. And go have a coffee date with somebody and be awkward and uncomfortable yeah. and overshare and do all the things yep. that we all do as moms. We can all relate, but you need someone and they need you too. So yeah. And come line dance with me. And come line dance with Tabitha. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and so Miss Tabitha, I also want to ask you, of course, the rapid fire questions I ask all our guests, which are always, honestly, some of my favorite parts mm -hmm. of the podcast. So what is your coffee order? Right now, it is probably a uh, the it's like the brown sugar shaken oat milk espresso, oh, but yeah. decaf because uh -huh. I have caffeine problems. Okay. Um, and currently I do it with like less of the brown sugar and I add pumpkin cream cold foam like a lot of it i always oh, go extra it's so good that's so that good. sounds really yeah. good because i like the other but then adding anything pumpkin just mm -hmm. makes my heart happy yeah. so i am currently every morning my latte is i don't have pumpkin syrup at the time but i have brown sugar and then i add pumpkin pie spice yes, to it same thing that's my yeah yep. so that's my morning latte every day right now all things pumpkin um nice. 
So good. Okay, number two. How clean does your house stay on a scale of one to ten as the eyes roll <laughs> as I ask the question? So clean versus tidy is I feel like those are distinct. So we have we are very fortunate that we have a cleaning lady who comes twice a week, not twice a week. Every wish. other week. Twice a week would be <laughs> right? good. Just live here with yes, me. And, yeah. Just come on. Just pick up after. No. Yes. Um, she comes about every two weeks. And so that has helped our house stay in a better state of like cleanliness. Yes. Because um, I'm not always the best at staying on top of like scrubbing toilets um, at all. As you are busy doing yeah, all, all these, these other, other things. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, but in terms of tidiness, um, yeah, it's like a three or four in most places. My kids' rooms are more organized than my own because I finally like – did the rotation thing and kind of limited what's out at a time, yes. which has been a huge. It's so good. Yeah. But the rest of it, like, don't come in my room. It's Ooh, not pretty. Our room is, <laughs> our room is bad. I'm like, yeah, I, I feel well for sure. We are working on that. Mm-hmm. We're, we're our rooms. Yes, yes. Our rooms will be better because mm-hmm. we're moving forward with yes. them. But currently it's they are not. Wait, wait, wait. They are not tidy yet. I love it. Yet. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Number three, a book or show that you've recently loved. Mm. There's so many good ones. There's so many. I know Tabitha's a big reader. So Mm -hmm. I'm finally getting back into reading after a long time of like barely reading four books a year. So one book I read that's nonfiction that I loved is called Soundtracks. Have I told you? I think I told you Yeah, you told me about this. It's by John Acuff. And it's basically about like how to turn overthinking into like a superpower instead of a thing that debilitates you. (laughs) So I'm going to reread it because I listened to it on audio and I was like, now I need to take notes. Yes. Um, But that was really good. And then I'm trying to think there was a fiction book I read recently that was really good, but I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. So there's that. That's good. (laughs) That's good. Um, Number, what are we on? Four. Yes. Number four. What is the most random Mm -hmm. item you have in your purse? Because I listened to your podcast, I almost like cheated and put something in there random. (laughs) But then and because I used to keep like a giant purse. And now I keep this cute little like looks like a fanny pack purse. But I also usually have like a tote with all my planners and stuff in it. Like ridiculous. Oh, I love that. Yeah. But then I looked in there this morning. I didn't put it in there, but I found a little like packet of honey. Okay. Like little single serving. In case you need a little sweet. Yeah. You know. Or like my throat needs coating. Yeah. Oh, perfect. So, yes. Yeah. So good. <laughs> well, Miss Tabitha, this has been so much fun. I have, we've talked about this for a while and I'm so glad that you finally got to come on. Me too. Thank you. Mama, thanks for listening and tuning in. We will see you next week on the Successful Mama podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Successful Mama podcast. For more information, head on over to SuccessfulMamaPodcast.com where you can find show notes and all of the links mentioned in today's episode. Tap that share button and remember to tag at Successful Mama Podcast. And make sure to go leave a review. It really does help. A special thanks to Will Carruthers. Until next time, remember Mama, success looks more than one way and it's up to you to define it.